Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. This is No Credentials Required, powered by Belly Up Sports and a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Corey Mansfield and Ryan McCarthy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of No Credentials Required, powered by the Belly Up Podcast Network. Welcome back to the pod after a week off, my buddy Corey Mansfield. Corey, how are we doing tonight? Good. I just did some homework with my son, so I'm all spent on anything that has to do with density and volume and science. So let's not talk about that today, Ryan. Oh, no, we are not going to talk about science today. We're going to talk about a myriad of things, but definitely not science. All right. That's awesome. <laughs> so, oh, I meant to ask you, how's the uh, card collecting going? I saw you got a few uh, few more autographs back. You know, it's some interesting stuff coming back. Um, I think we you had seen that I had gotten a... Uh, a autograph back I sent to him of a player at the University of Vermont, which no longer has a football program, hasn't had a football program for almost 50 years, but from a player that played in the 1950s, which is a while ago. And um, the gentleman's 85 years old and he was a pilot for United Airlines for about 40 years. But really interesting, some of the stuff he told me about playing both ways and the rules that they had back then totally different than how it is now very limited rosters in 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 the yankee conference is what they played in at the time one substitution per quarter oh my gosh and that was to level the playing field for the small schools and the bigger schools jeez wow yeah yeah that's hardcore stuff back in the day i even see that these days (laughs) yeah that's like you know we'll have to bring that up to to, you know Maybe we're going to be having an interview with an Arena League football coach. Maybe that's something we should talk to him about. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I've been uh, in communication with uh, Rob Keefe, who is coach of the Albany Empire uh, back a couple seasons ago. And he was also coach for the Orlando Predators and uh, Spokane uh, Spokane Shock back in the day. So hopefully we're going to have him on in a couple weeks and we'll talk some arena football because our arena football team uh, will actually announce the National Arena League uh, they're in. They announced the the uh team name for today and they decide to keep stay with the albany empire so i'm cory how you how are you feeling about that like i've said to you before ryan if it's if it works and it's not broken you don't have to fix it just let it be it's recognizable you know i mean that was the thing a few years ago or more than a few years ago now you know you had the firebirds they left and then you tried bringing in the conquest and i think another team and maybe people didn't really recognize what it was um, so this is very recognizable to the fan base in Albany. Yeah, the, the Conquest actually rebrand themselves as the Firebirds for, I think, two seasons before AF2 kicked the bucket back in 2009. So uh, so it'll be fun to see the, have the Empire back in town, and Coach Keith's going to be involved with that. We're going to have him on the, on the podcast in a couple of weeks. We'll have a very lively interview, as, as we both know from experience. Uh, Coach Keith is a very lively person. Awesome guy to talk to. He'll have some tales for us, and he'll have some uh, um, some optimism to share with us about about football being up back in the Albany, New York area. That's, that's where that's our that's our what's that's where we're at in the country. We're in the Albany, New York area, so we'll have some Albany sports. But in the meantime, we'll get into some uh, some to- topics tonight. We're going, to re- re- we're going to revisit the Stanley Cup final. Corey missed out on last week's discussion. I talked about that a little bit. We'll also talk about the Major League Baseball divisional playoff, get into some college and NFL football, and then we'll have a special pop culture corner, our top five 80s rock albums, because as we know today, Corey, Eddie Van Halen passed away at the age of 65 due to, to the throat cancer. Very sad. Arguably the, the greatest guitarist of all time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that. So let's get into the Stanley Cup final. And Corey, like I said, last week you were you were out. You were taking care of uh, you're taking care of Mrs. Mansfield and hers. Uh, she had a little bit of an illness. But um, but let's get your thoughts about the Stanley Cup final. What do you think? Uh, Lightning in six and uh, Stanley Cup goes to the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, we had talked about it from I think I talked about it. I think you reiterated it from day one was that the uh the Lightning, it was going to come down whoever was the hot goalie. Mm-hmm. And Andre Vasilevsky was the hotter goalie. He had shown all playoffs. He kept his cool. He he made – I think he only really made a couple mistakes in, in the whole playoffs. Um, and uh, the cream always rises to the top, and that's what he did. And it's funny. we Everybody was talking about, um, you know, that uh, – um, I forgot the guy who won the Vezina um, – but that he oh, was Victor Hedman. No, it was no. The Vesna was uh, Carl uh, oh, Hellenbach. Yeah, that he was yep. the best goalie in the yeah. NHL. Yeah, yep. And then all of a sudden, Vasilevsky goes and wins the Stanley Cup because he had something to prove. Obviously, the Tampa Bay Lightning had something to prove last year. They were outed by the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round. Um, that was an embarrassment. Kind of did what the Virginia Cavaliers did a couple years ago in basket in college yep. basketball. Yeah, it's very um, reminiscent. And, yeah. And they were going to be, they weren't going to be denied this time. And I mean, Vasilevsky played a great playoffs. He proved why he's the number one goalie in NHL 90 or NHL 2001 for uh, video games, put Vasilevsky as the number one goalie. And there's a reason when you have that guy in net, you're going to be in every game. And also when you have Victor Hedman, you're going to be uh, in every game. And he's shown he's the best defenseman in 
the NHL. So when you have the best defenseman in, in NHL, not only the best defenseman, but the best offensive defenseman in the NHL, you have the best goalie in the NHL, you probably have the best coach in the NHL, and you have one of the best rosters in the NHL, your chances of winning a Stanley Cup are going to be great. And uh, even though the St. Louis Blues won the Stanley Cup last year, the Tampa Bay Lightning have been the best team in the NHL the last two years. Yeah, they've been arguably the best team in the NHL for the last about f- a half decade, yeah. uh, but they couldn't get, get they didn't get their uh, they didn't get their Stanley Cup till till this season. And you know, it's it, it, I'm actually kind of happy to see that they they won the Stanley Cup this year because I like I said back in uh, back in uh, our one of our first podcasts I said Tampa Bay is is super deep. They got, they're going to get the, the the depth scoring as uh, my guy uh, Blake Coleman got the second goal in game six, which pretty much clinched it for, for the lightning. And, you know, the teams that are deep, they're going to win the Stanley cup. So, you know, have that deep roster, if the deep roster, they have, I mean, as you said, Corey, they have a great, if the best defenseman period in the NHL right now with Victor Hedman, they have one of the best goalies in the NHL with Andre Vasilevsky. So it's going to be, uh, you know, let's see what happens in the free agency. Cause free agency is coming up pretty soon. And they got a couple of guys who they either they're gonna have to renegotiate or 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 try to retain at a uh, at a at a premium cost, but uh, you know it's it's gonna be it's it's gonna be interesting to see what they how they keep how they keep uh, keep with it in the in the in the off season. Now, Corey, trivia for you: uh, the Tampa Bay head coach John Cooper, prior to his career as a hockey coach, what? What did he? What was his career? I know they had this as a question, I believe, and he went to Hofstra on Long Island. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think of what he he didn't play hockey there. What did he do? I don't know. He was he was uh, he was a lacrosse player. Yep, that's right. Yep. But but before he went into hockey coaching, he was he earned his law degree, and he was a public defender in Lansing, Michigan, for 11 years. Wow, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He's also a dual citizen in the United States and Canada. So mom, his mom's is Canadian. His dad's his, I'm sorry, his mom's American. And his dad's Canadian. So he's got dual citizenship. Lots of interesting guy. Interesting yeah. guy. Uh, John Cooper is. So yeah. So congratulations to this, to the Tampa Bay lightning. You're stealing cup winners for this year in the very, in the, in the hockey bubble. Do you think they're going to have the hockey bubble again, Corey? Or do you think they're going to move on to, to maybe play in some cities this year, depending on when they start? I uh, it'll be interesting when when the season does start in a few months. I just I got a feeling we're going to be seeing the what they call the new normal. I think we're going to um, probably have them come back to another bubble um, and then go from there and see how it is. But again, college football is really leading the charge in this. I think more than even the NFL is about having fans back in the stands. I think they can control the environment. Uh, except for SMU, who apparently kicked their fans out of the stadium because they weren't following protocol. But, yeah, they kicked um, one fan out of the stand, I, th- I saw. <laughs> so, but you got, you know, I think if we can't get through the COVID thing by the time the season starts, I think they're going to do a bubble. It worked well for them. They'll try it again. So, well, I, I was kind of thinking that they were going to do a, like a do a, uh, what you call it? A, uh, maybe they're going to try to do a bubble in four different cities for each division. 
Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm sure that was the uh, one of the one of the concepts they came up with. So, uh, but but we'll see. I mean, you know, baseball baseball is doing the bubble the playoff bubble right now. Uh, They seem to work pretty well for the both the NHL and the NBA. Uh, NFL, if I just a little bit of struggle, we'll we'll talk about that with the COVID situation with uh, Tennessee in a couple of minutes. But uh, let's talk. We'll we'll get into that. But um, let's transition over to baseball. We're going to talk some uh, playoffs right now. the NLDS is is uh, started off last night with the AL with the American League and both the Astros and the Yankees winning pretty big in their games. And tonight, today has started the uh, NLDS with uh, the with the uh, sorry Miami Marlins and the uh, Atlanta Braves, and a little bit later the uh, LA Dodgers and San Diego Padres. It's kind of interesting to how we have divisional. Divisional series being literally divisional. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with each team, each with the AL and AL East and West being represented, and both the NL and uh, East and West being represented. Uh, so right now the Braves are up on the Marlins as we record nine to five. Uh, Corey, I know you, you you've been following just a little bit here and there with the baseball playoffs. What's your impression so far of uh, of these matches and? Uh, who are you going to who are we going to see in the ALC in the uh, respective uh, championship series? I mean, you know, when it, you look at teams like the Braves, they're just their offense is just explosive. I mean, they can drop you know ten runs on you at a you know like that. And you know, the Marlins are one of those teams. I think the reason that the Marlins have had success in the bubble was if you think about this, Ryan, from a 162 game season. If the Marlins come out in a 162 game season, they put out that roster that they've put out. Teams over that 162 games are going to realize what this team has, the tendencies of this team, and they're going to be able to adapt to them. In a 60 game season, you're not seeing these teams as much. So I think the Marlins kind of snuck up on teams. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely and that's sure. why 162 game season, I don't think that they make this run. 60-game season, yeah, anything's possible. I think that the Braves know the Marlins now, having played them. I think they know them well enough. I think the Braves are going to win this very easily. Uh, the Padres and the Dodgers are a very – it's a very interesting seat. To, you have a kind of a veteran roster against a very young roster, and the Padres have a lot of talent. I mean, mm-hmm. Fernando Tatis right now is this young star who's budding into a huge superstar. Um, but again, I think – Similar to what we talked about with the Lightning, I think the Dodgers have a lot to prove. I think the Dodgers know that they haven't won the World Series in, um, what is it, 32 years? Uh, uh, that would be correct. Yeah, 1988 was their last, yep. World, Series, their last World Series win. And so 32 years. They've been there uh, numerous times in the last two or three years. Uh, I think they have a lot to prove. So I think they're going to prove it. In that series. So I think it's going to be the Braves versus the Dodgers, which I think is what everybody wants to see. Those are the two best teams. Um, Mm -hmm. The other, the the American League, I think it's going to be the Yankees. And I do think it's going to be the Astros. I ultimately, what I I want to see, Ryan, you know where I'm going with this. (laughs) Yep, me too. I I want to see a Houston, LA World Series again. Oh man. (laughs) And that that would be the most compelling thing that you could see. It's yeah. a World Series. Are we going to be throwing at people in the World Series? Are there going to be bench clearing in the World Series? Bench clearing brawls in a World Series? I want. I kind of want to see that. And 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 just to know 
how I feel about this format for the playoffs. I do not like it at all. Too many not teams in the playoffs. Mm. Not a fan. Yeah, you're you're one of the you're you're one of those crusty uh, baseball writers that does that does not approve of the yeah. uh, of I guess the, uh, I'm, format. I'm waiting for I'm waiting for a year when a sixty and one hundred team gets in the playoffs. You know, a six, sixty-two and one hundred team gets in the playoffs, and we're like, okay, we're watching this terrible team in the playoffs. It's like nobody wants to see that. They want to see the best of the best. You know, we used to have back in the day. It was the pennant winners played in the World Series, and then it was four. And then it went to what four? And then it went to I think eight. Five. And then it went to five. It was like five. It was like just these numbers, and they just keep on doing it. It's a money grab, and I hate it. I do not like it. Yeah, you know, I'm. I think I talked. I took on touched on this on my uh, weekend show or around for the weekend, which you can check out at most Fridays at six thirty p.m. on Periscope. Um, I I like this format because, and I and I kind of like the bubble format in that it's neutral site. And I'm hoping I would one day kind of hope and wish that the World Series moves it moves into a neutral zone, neutral zone, neutral site format. And that kind of like the Super Bowl or the national championship, the college football playoff national championship, you have people flocking to cities to go watch football for a week, two weeks and have fans from each team be represented there and just have a celebration of baseball. I think that would be kind of fun. But that begs to differ. Who, how are you going to give these bids to these cities? It's going to be a huge uh, f- money thing with cities. You're going to have cities fighting over it. It's going to be some of the Olympics where you're going to have to bid years out. Um, and bribes. And, yeah, exactly. Bribes. Exactly. <laughs> Olympics bribes. Why not? But I Let's just think <laughs> that I, – I, I think we're going to try to get back to normal. I think Manfred always wanted to have an extended expanded playoffs. I just don't like it. I want to see the. I, I would rather see the. I, I would rather see quality over quantity anytime. I'd rather see a great series between two great teams than to see mediocre teams playing extended series or you know numerous series. I just that's how I've always felt. Um, and you can follow the game. You might people are going to get start getting bored if you have too many games. People, hey, did you watch this game? Did you watch? No, I watched this game. Then you kind of lose track. It's that's how I am right now with baseball. I can't watch a lot of baseball because. It's there's so many series going on, you know, you get tired out. People can't sit there for 15 hours or 16 hours a day and watch baseball. It just can't do it. I can, but I that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I mean, think about the Stanley Cup final. I mean, the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, you get 16 teams in each in each conference going to the Stanley Cup playoffs. You have that under. I mean, back in the day, we saw how many teams that had an under 500 record go all the way to the Stanley Cup final and Compete for the compete for the trophy. I mean, the Anaheim Ducks in two thousand three, the two thousand six uh, Edmonton Oilers. They pushed. They, they came back from a three one deficit in the Stanley Cup final and almost won the dang thing. So I mean, you you, you want it? I for me, I love to see the Cinderella story come out and shock everyone uh, to prove, hey, it, it's anybody can win this trophy. But yeah. that's just me. <laughs> I just like to watch world burn, Corey. I know. <laughs> That's how I feel it is. Burning playoffs. Manfred did it. So it's a burning sensation in baseball right now. And it's got Manfred's name all over it. Anyway, yeah. um, let's move on to <laughs> we both watched some we both watched plenty of college football this piece this past weekend. I, I watched some NFL football. I, I want to touch on that a little bit uh because of our Jets fandom. But Corey, let's talk about some college football. What'd you watch this weekend? And 
Yeah, well, which games did you watch this weekend? Yeah, which, which, which games did you watch this weekend? I So the games I watched were – I watched TCU Texas, mm. North Carolina Boston College, and then I watched the Texas TCU game. Um, and they were all pretty intriguing games. And now you're talking about – and I oh, and I watched the um, uh, Central Florida Tulsa game. Okay. Uh, I watched those four games – and those the teams that in those all those teams that I watched were on the right now on the outside looking into the college football playoff. They were all not like Texas was a nine seed, North Carolina was a twelve seed. Um, da, 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 da. Then and then I, uh, Central Florida was like a thirteen seed. So yeah, the, rank, the, the football rankings. Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So they were uh, they were all outside looking in, and they could all make jumps because. You eventually knew that some teams were going to lose, and at the same time, some of these teams had to kind of establish themselves with marquee wins because we have the Big Ten coming back in a couple of weeks. Yes. So this was a chance. <laughs> so this was a chance for a lot of these schools to take that leap and say, "Hey, we need to be in the discussion." Mm-hmm. Um, and it, if you watch it, I don't know if you had a chance to watch that Texas game. Texas is without. Ellinger look very mediocre, very mediocre. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the AP poll and the coaches poll, and because of that loss, Texas went from it went from ninth to thirteenth over in the and, country. And it does not get easier because this week is guess who they play? Oklahoma, Oklahoma. who has two, two losses. Oklahoma, yeah, zero two Oklahoma. So either Oklahoma is going to be zero to zero and three. And their season's basically done, yeah. or Texas is going to be two and two, and pretty much their season's done. So this is a huge game. I mean, if Texas loses, they're done. And if Oklahoma loses, uh, you have to start to wonder what's going on in Norman. So it could be a, a number of things. I mean, the the Big Twelve now is not exactly known for their defense. <laughs> yeah. uh, we had, you had those wild shootout games like we've seen the last probably about five years or so. And Oklahoma's offense is usually up in the, up in the top 10, 15 in the nation. So, you know, I, I kind of, I've kind of chuckled when I saw Oklahoma go to, to go to Owen two because they lost to two, because they lost to Kansas state and they lost to Iowa state. Both those teams lost to Sunbelt conference teams in their first game of the season. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and both those teams wound up beating Oklahoma. So I, they must've learned something from those two defeats where you're, you're playing a, a group of five team and you go ahead and you play arguably one of the best power five teams in the country and you beat, and they get beat back to back. But I'm looking at the poll right now. It's just it's it's interesting to see who's who's gotten back into the discussion. And you know what team really impressed me this weekend was North Carolina. Oh, yeah, the number uh, number eight in the AP and number nine in the coaches poll right now. So Mac, a couple spots. Mac Brown comes back out of retirement, and he's got that I team. He's getting. I love him. He's getting into recruits. He's getting. He has a quarterback. Howell, his quarterback right now. Sam Howell. Yep. Is a is a Heisman contender, and what I loved about that game, I don't know if you watched it, but it was, um, I believe it was where at the end of the game, uh, Boston College had a two point conversion attempt to try to tie the game. Mm-hmm. At the end, North Carolina did a pick two on the two yep. point conversion. Yep. The I other saw one, highlight, yep. 
So that's a team that you, I would definitely highlight and say, this is a team that could make some noise in the college football playoff. Because I'll tell you what, I don't know if they play Clemson, but if they do, that's the game that's gonna that'll make or break Clemson. Because I remember last year, I believe didn't North Carolina go for it on the goal line in against Clemson, and they lost because of it. They went. For- I, I believe they. I believe they did. Yeah, and I don't see Clemson on the schedule. Their next game is against Virginia Tech, which is usually played on Thanksgiving weekend, uh, but because of the truncated schedule. Uh, and that's uh, I'm sorry, not Virginia Tech. Virginia, Virginia, Virginia Tech is on Thanksgiving weekend, but they played Virginia Tech, which is number nine, who's number nineteen. They came back into the uh, the ranking this this past week, uh, but they don't play. I don't see Clemson on the calendar. So if they went up winning out in their division, I think it's the Coastal Division, uh, they could play North, Clemson in the ACC championship game. Yeah, I mean, if they went if they went out. I, I my prediction right now. And I've and I and I've been wrong about North Carolina in the past. North Carolina is going to be in the college football playoff. That's a bold prediction. <laughs> it's a bold prediction, but I'm going to stick by it. I think they will. I watched that team, and I think that they're they got some decent running backs. They got a very good defense, and I think that the more they play, the better they're going to get. And you know, I've been watching a lot of college football lately. What is up with the penalties? Every game, so many penalties. <laughs> it's, it's like it's rough. It's rough because yeah. I mean, like the NFL, they don't have a preseason. They don't have much. They didn't have much time for a camp. So, you know, you're gonna. It's gonna be rough play for a, a little while. And you know, it, it's. I mean, it's gonna be. You know, you're gonna have injuries pile up. You're gonna have. Uh, you're gonna have. Uh, you know, those penalties, and you know, it, it's. It's you know it's it's gonna be rougher. It's gonna be worth watching for a few weeks. But I think once once teams uh, kind of calm down and get all the get all the wiggles out of them. As I, yeah, I said wiggles. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it could. Uh, you know, it it's very possible that they could. Uh, you know, we have better football. That's for sure. And, and and you know the other game too, Ryan is we had talked a few weeks ago about Central Florida and a, and a group of five team making the college football playoff. That's basically done right now. Yeah, um, we talked Central Florida. We were like, I think I said Central Florida has to go undefeated and win by like eighty points. I was exaggerating, but when you lose to Tulsa. Again, Tulsa. Um, but Tulsa plays. I watched that a little of that game, and Tulsa always plays UCF tough. They beat them last year. Yeah, and, and that's the in in Central Florida. It didn't didn't they didn't have the offense. They didn't light it up. They didn't chuck the ball around, you know. And and they didn't get their running game going. And and you know what's funny right now is if you look at the three major teams in Oklahoma. Oklahoma State's probably the best in Oklahoma. Yep. Tulsa's probably number two, and Oklahoma is number three. Who would have thought yeah, that? That's that's crazy. I'm looking at Oklahoma State. They're number ten in the country in both AP and coaches poll. Uh, they got a solid team this year. They got a Heisman contender in uh, in their running back. Uh, I, I want to throw a name at you here, and I'm go back to Group Five. I'm gonna throw a name at you here. I watched the second half of this game. I watched the, some of the. I'm, I'm watching more Sun Belt football because I want to get to know some of the Group of Five teams. Uh, Sun Belt. I that's some fun football right there. That's, that's what they call it, the Fun Belt. But there's a kid from uh, Coastal Carolina who had himself a game last week. His name is Grayson McCall. Uh, I think he should be. He should be in the Heisman if he continues to have a good season. They play Louisiana next week. 
If he has a, his, himself a solid game, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. I would put him in the content for the Heisman picture as a dark horse contender. Yeah. And I mean, it's really anybody like, as you can see with how everything is in, in the world today and how, you know, you're having the conferences come play later in the season, very limited schedules is a full season from a player like that going to benefit him or hurt him down the road. It could benefit. I think it could benefit him. And the guy I'm, I'm referring to for Oklahoma State is a running back, Chuba Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, Chuba Six Hubbard. Six foot yeah. two hundred eight uh, from Alberta, from Alberta, yeah. Canada. So a lot of Canadians. Lot, we've got a lot of Canadians who are playing NCAA football. It's gonna. It's you know. It's a. It's a. It's an interesting time in, in college football. So, you know, you got some kids from Canada making their way down here who are who are elite and they want to play in the NFL. If they don't play in the NFL, they can at least play in the CFL as a. Uh, as a as a non import as a home hometown homegrown player, yeah. You know, the, the games I watched this past weekend, I watched the second half of the Coastal Carolina game. Uh, they have the teal field. They call it the surf turf. Oh God, yeah, that was terrible. Call it tealed. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, marketing folks, I'm here to market. Um, but I watched that game. I watched the Alabama Texas A and M game. I, I thought I would hope it would be closer, but unfortunately. Bama's just Bama's just too good uh, for A and M. And I watched the Georgia Auburn game, and Georgia just whooped on Auburn. And again, that's another it's another rivalry game that's, that's usually played in you know played around November. But you know, with the whole with the whole epidemic and the everything going on, got moved up to this 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 uh, this week. So you know, it's it's a fun time. I you know I'm going to continue to have fun watching college football. And, and this week, Ryan, there's a big game on. There's Miami versus Clemson. Oh, that's going to be fun. That's going to be a fun watch, too. Is that is that a primetime game? It is, 7.30 on ABC. So. Nice. I'll clear my schedule for that for sure. All right, so NFL football, I just want to touch on that just a, just a, just a little bit. Uh, we had our first uh, coaching casualty yesterday in the fact that Bill O'Brien from the, tech, from the Houston Texans was relieved of his duties after an 0-4 start. I don't know if you've, if you've followed his situation closely, Corey. Um, he trade he's he traded DeAndre Hopkins from the Texans to the Cardinals last this past year, this past offseason, for a second round pick. All he got back was a second round pick and David Johnson. <laughs> um, but there's another coach out there who, as both of us are New York Jets fans, we were hoping we'd let go, but unfortunately, he's probably going to stay to the end of the season. That would be Adam Gase. Uh, did you happen to watch 
this past week's uh, this, the Thursday night game at all? No, I did not. I know you did. I did not. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> That's all I'm yeah, going to no. say is good for you. Because yeah. they had... I, I had to go to work the next day. I couldn't call in sick, so... Uh, that's too bad. That's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> I almost called in sick because of what happened at the end of the, towards the end of the game. That's what I'm saying. I was like, I can't, I can't call in. The Jets are playing Thursday night. I can't use the sick day because they're going to make me throw up. So let's just not watch it. <laughs> no, let's not watch it. No, but I, I forced myself to watch the whole thing. I watched it with a, a buddy of mine who's a Broncos fan. And uh, other than the Sam Donald's 46 yard run, a touchdown run to start the game. It kind of went down, and, and Pierre Desir's pick six, you know, it, it kind of went downhill, and there's a lot of questionable decisions I made and and it, the, the Jets made, uh, both on personnel and on, uh, you know, during the coaches' decisions during the game. For example, fourth quarter, Jets are driving. It's fourth and inches. Fourth and one. They could go for it, keep the drive alive, kill the clock, get a touchdown, Try to make the Broncos score. Instead, Adam Gase goes, and let, let me just say this, ladies, ladies, find you a man who loves field goals, who, who lo- find you a man who loves you as much as Adam Gase loves field goals. <laughs> okay. Because he could have gone for, could, could drive alive, got a touchdown. Instead, he opts to kick the field goal. The next drive, Denver drives down. They kick the field goal to go ahead. The Jets go four and out. And the Broncos seal the game with the Melvin Melvin Gordon run, and it's just decisions like this for the last over the last two seasons that I've just and you know I usually I go on this with my downtown Jets podcast, but but it's decisions like this that have just they've made Jets fans crazy for the last two seasons. Yeah, and the thing with the Jets is I'm getting to a point as a fan, and I call myself a fan very loosely, um, is that. It seems like this team and this organization is going to need to get shaken up from its core, Um, pretty much going to need to be just torn down and rebuilt. I mean, the culture, and I've talked about this for the last 10 or 12 years, maybe even going back a little bit further, the culture of this team of losing, it needs to be changed. And um, I mean, it really goes back to, I, I think recently, to the butt fumble. I mean, you really think about a time when the Jets really were embarrassed. It was that. And it's like almost like a – it's almost like a curse of the Jets. <laughs> and, and it just feels like it. But they don't want to move and they, they are always thinking they're smarter than everybody else. Oh, Adam Gase was this great coach and we're going to bring him on. He just didn't have a fair shot in, in Miami. He didn't have the players, didn't have the roster. So they, you know, they now. Out, yeah, <laughs> and they went out and got him some stuff in, in New York and he didn't win the first year. He's not winning again. They claim he's an offensive genius. He's not an offensive genius. He's a mediocre coach at best. Um, a team like the Jets needs stability. They need a, an experienced coach to come in who's been in the league for a while to come in, shake it up, get it going in the direction that it needs to go. And here's a perfect example is – you look back at the Steelers back in the 90s with Bill Cower. Mm-hmm. Bill Cower got the Steelers back on, on track. I mean, there were some years there where the Steelers weren't very good. He got him back into the winning ways. And then Mike Tomlin got hired and really didn't have to – I'm not saying he's not a great coach. He didn't have to do a hell of a lot with the culture there. No, The no, culture was already there. Yeah, because the Roonies have a tight lid on everything. They have a yep. tight control on pretty much everything – Top down, bottom up, 
uh, for every roster. I mean, they'll, they'll obviously let Mike Tomlin have some input on who he needs in terms of position, but from from their talent evaluations to who they pick and incorporate into their culture is is the reason why that the Steelers have been one of the marquee pro, marquee franchises over the past what fifty years, yep. you know, since the nineteen seventies. So, you know, I would kill to have a, a franchise like that to have owners that actually care. Uh, there have been a lot of uh, there have been a lot of uh, clamoring from Jets fans, myself included, for for the Johnsons to sell the team because they see it's it, they treat it more like a like a like an object saying hey i own the jets rather than you know you know make an improvement and try to get this team a super bowl and and you know for the jets point of view and from the fan point of view i mean this kind of relates back to college football is somebody like lincoln riley that name's been brought up a lot it's possibly going to the nfl down the road um and that the, you know that jet fans are like oh this is great young coach why don't we go after him would if Adam A, if or, or if Adam Gates does get fired, and B, let's say Oklahoma does lose this week, and Oklahoma has a terrible season, I could you see like somebody like a Lincoln Riley jumping ship out of Oklahoma and going to the NFL with the Jets? I mean, I know it's you know the situation is very toxic with the Jets, but could you see something like that happening? Possibly, especially if he's an offensive offensive minded coach who can. Probably bring, bring probably bring in somebody uh, to to work on the defense. Hey, Matt Patricia might be is rumored to be fired. Is going to be might if the lines don't improve, he might be gone from the Lions. So to have a defensive coach like him as their defensive coordinator and have Lincoln Riley run, run the offense would be would be a dream for most Jets fans. I think. I think that they need to get away from hiring these young NFL coaches and get the direction of hiring college coaches. I just think. That again, and the, the allure of the NFL is not what it once was. It was almost like a promotion back in the day. Now, with the money that colleges can pay the coaches in, in, in college football, it doesn't really matter. You could be making three million dollars at you know Michigan, and you know there's a coach in the NFL making a million. You know, I mean mm-hmm. that's just how it is. But I. I, I that's something to be to keep an eye on, you know, because I think you know he's had a lot of success at Oklahoma, and I just think he, his his skills, you know, you just stay at Oklahoma. Could you could you go to the NFL? And I just think that the Jets need to go in that direction. I think they need to get new blood in there, tear it all down from everything. I mean, get rid of all your 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 coaching personnel because the coaches just. If you're in the NFL, sometimes you for so long you get complacent because you're always going to think there's another job down the road. There's another job. Well, to tell you what, there wasn't another job for Eric Mangini, was there? No, he went up on ESPN. He's still at ESPN, I think. Yep, yep. I mean, there was a lot of coaches who didn't get the that next job because they just they they you know they just weren't that good. And Eric Mangini wasn't a terrible coach, but no, I think wasn't. I think Adam I think Adam Gase is going down that road. I think this is his. I mean, look at Rex Ryan, perfect example. Rex Ryan got another shot with the Bills, didn't work out. He's out of football right now. You know, well, he's, he's on. He's, he's, on, he's on, also on ESPN. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so if you're a coach, Adam Gase, you might want to get your resume ready to send it to ESPN. So 
or Fox News or Fox Sports, whichever, whichever will take or just take a year off and just ESPN might be back. they might pay they might be cheaper for the two they might hire him so Fox I don't think will spend that much money on him <laughs> yeah we'll see we'll see well if he's willing if he's willing to move out west to do the to do their uh, panel to be on their panel sure all right so we're gonna transition over to our pop culture corner and as we mentioned at the top of the show Eddie Van Halen passed away the set is today uh, is. At the age of 65, he he passed away from from throat cancer. Legendary guitarist. So in honor of that, we're going to do our top five 80s rock albums. And Corey, I'm going to give you the lead here as to what your top five uh, 80s rock albums are. So let's let's, let's go over them. Do you want to start with me listing them or do you want me to start with what my number five would be? Um, Just list them. You can just list them. So... I'll start with number five. So first of all, num- I have an honorable mention because I couldn't decide. Okay. But okay. the honorable mention is is U uh, two Joshua Tree. Okay, but okay. number five, ACDC Back in Black. Oh, okay. Number four, Huey Lewis and the News Sports. Mm-hmm. Number three, okay. and this might surprise you, Invisible Touch by Genesis. Really? Yep. Interesting. Number two, Michael Jackson Thriller. Okay. So that leads me to my number one, which is what we talked about earlier, 1984 by Van Halen. Interesting, because we have, there's two albums on your five that are in my five. What are they? Okay. So number, so number, so let's go, I'll I'll rank them, I'll rank from five up. So number five, I have U2 War. Okay. They had blood. They had blood. Day, Sunday, bloody Sunday, and New Year's Day, uh, in that in that on that album. Number four, Def Leppard, Hysteria. Okay. Number three, uh, 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 Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction. Okay. Number two, Van Halen, nineteen eighty four. Number one was ACDC, Black and Black, because there were so many songs from that album that. Yep are recognizable. They're still recognizable. You could, you could talk to anybody who is a music nerd and maybe, maybe, maybe with another genre. But if you say, if you say, uh, if you, if you say the song shook me all night long, they'll know it. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun. So winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Or yeah. back in black, or uh, have a drink on me. Yeah, you know the the funny thing about that album was that was Brian Johnson's first album with ACDC yep. after Bon Scott died. After Bon Scott passed away, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that was pretty monumental that you come out with one of the greatest albums of not only the 1980s but of all time with your a new lead singer. I mean, that's very very great, you know, good and. Um, I went with Van Halen number one, and and Van Halen's been one of my favorite bands of all time. But yep. you you look at you know two of the most iconic rock songs, which are still used at Panama, yep. Jump, Hot for Teacher. How many movies use those songs in it? Yep. Drop dead uh, and drop dead, drop, drop dead, dead legs. legs. Yep. yep. I mean, um, 
I mean, just so many great songs on. And I mean, when you, if you listen to that drum solo in the beginning of Hot for Teacher. Actually, it's, it's funny. It, uh, before it, before we went, live, we went live, I was listening to 1984. Yeah, yeah me <laughs> too. Because sure. yeah, it's a great album. But awesome. the other ones on the list, you know, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, you look at like, um, like Michael Jackson Thriller. I mean, that is just an an iconic, uh, an album. I mean, that was maybe his his best album, um, ever. And then you look at like I had, um, you know, I had Genesis. Now, here's the thing about Genesis is that uh, people either love Genesis or they hated Genesis. Mm-hmm. And I love Genesis. Um, I, I just thought that they were just one of the 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 great bands. I kind of fell off the map after, um, really after the '80s, because you know the whole Phil Collins kind of going on his own type thing. But uh, I'm, I'm trying to look at the, all the the track listings for that. But it was a uh, just a great album. Just all around. I mean, we I had it on uh, cassette tape, and <laughs> and I I think you know you look at you know, um so the the single some of the so you look at the singles off this this album, all right. And I, I should but Invisible Touch, yep. another and one of the most very underrated songs of the nineteen eighties, In Too Deep. Mm-hmm. Okay, Land of Confusion, which was a great video by the way. Oh, awesome, awesome video. video! Yeah, Tonight, Tonight, Tonight. And throwing it all away, those five songs right there were all chart toppers. Well, what's funny is that you mentioned you mentioned uh, Genesis. I was going to incorporate. I was going to bring in Phil Collins' uh, "No Jacket Required" as one of my as one of my top five. I, I mentioned I put that as an honorable mention because so many songs from that album also are so recognizable. From you know, if you listen, if you were eighties kids, eighties kids like us, you listen to the radio. You're gonna have Genesis, Phil Collins, yeah, you know, Def Leppard, Van Halen, uh, Michael Jackson. Uh, those artists were usually on po- on popular radio stations in the 1980s. Also, Huey Lewis, Billy Joel, uh, all those artists are are just uh, you know they were so recognizable amongst our age group. Yeah. I- I mean, it, it, you look back on on these, you know, when I, if, if, you know, for people listening, and they are like, "Who, who's Huey Lewis in the news? I mean, who, who's Genesis? You know, these are bands that, you know, ACDC had a long, you know, a long career. They're still yep. going. Yep. Uh, Van Halen, sadly, you know, looks like they're probably going to be done. Um, well, you know. yes and no. I mean, yeah, yes, Eddie Van Halen's gone, but his son Wolfgang. He when when he had throat cancer, he couldn't tour. Wolfgang filled in for him. Yeah, his son. And again, they. I mean, Van Halen's one of those bands that's underrated. Has always been underrated. They put out so many great albums. Um, and I mean, ACDC has too, but um, it, it's just Van Halen, nineteen eighty four, and, and and I haven't really talked about Thriller much with Michael Jackson, um. You know, back in the '80s, I mean, realistically, Michael Jackson was music in the '80s. Everybody wanted to emulate him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, you look at society today. Uh, a lot of these artists now kind of have this Michael Jackson type 
feel to their music. You know, right. everybody kind of wants to be Michael Jackson, even though a lot of the ki- the people now that are in the music business that are coming up music really never saw Michael Jackson. They were probably born in like the nineteen. Uh, early to mid ninety or late or mid to late ninety. So yeah, I mean, I mean, some of the artists I listen, I mean, some of the artists I like that I listen to, like Justin Timberlake, The Weeknd, uh, Bruno Mars. That you you you'll notice right away when you start listening to one of their songs, they're heavily heavily influenced by uh, by Michael Jackson. The influence the influence is just is is right there. It's it's stunning. A and B, it's it's recognizable. It's that's why people like their music so much. Yeah, it's just the 80s were a very good time for music and things have changed now. But uh, just looking at, I mean, if you were to look at the Thriller right now, okay, here's the track lineup for Thriller, okay? Mm Want to be starting something. That was number one, Mm -hmm. okay? Then you got Baby Be Mine, The Girl Is Mine, then Thriller, Beat It, Billie Jean, back to back to back. So if you're a guy and, and you're and that's in the heart of the album, then it's Human Nature, Pyt, uh, and then Lady in, uh, uh, in My Life. Um, but those three songs could you could arguably say those are the three best songs of the 1980s: Thriller, Beat It, and Billie Jean. And they were on the same album. Yeah, and, and you know you know who played guitar on Billie Jean? Uh, not just Billie Jean. Uh, uh, Beat It was Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> So that little yeah. crossover there between with, with yeah. uh, Jackson and Van Halen, yeah. Yeah, that just spelled right in today's right there. All right, so let me ask you something. I, I actually got asked this uh, on a, by a buddy of mine who's a DJ. He, he's a DJ. He wanted people's opinions on on the three best Halen songs: one from the David Lee Roth era, one from Sammy Hagar era. And one from the Gary Sharon era. I think Gary Sharon was only on one album. Yeah. Uh, Gary Sharon of uh, Extreme. Uh, he was on one album. So that was Corey, Van Halen you know, three. Van Halen three in nineteen ninety eight. I believe that was his album. So, Corey, what are your what are your three songs that that you, that you know from each era from those era? Which what are your favorite songs from those era from those eras? So. Oh, let's start with Gary Sharon. Let's start with the bad. So uh, <laughs> obviously there was really only – he only came out for one album. That was Van Halen 3. That was released after I graduated um, from high school, right after I graduated. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best song on that CD was Without You. So that would be my Gary Sharon song. Okay. Uh, and then um, with my Sammy Hager song, because Sammy Hager, he actually – had a, a decent amount of albums with Van Halen, yeah, uh, and that people call it Van Hagar, and I don't call it Van Hagar. I think, um, but uh, I would say if I would there, there's two um, that I, I would say, and they're on, um. Unlawful Carnival of Knowledge, which stands for we all know, we all not going to say it, bleep it out. Um, uh, I can I can spell it in my head, but I won't say yeah, it out loud. Yeah. I don't want to get. I don't. I don't want to put up Bart. I don't want to put Bart Scott in this conversation. <laughs> I, <laughs> like last episode. I, I I would say his best song with Van Halen was probably Right Now. Okay. Or or Top of the World, same album. Albany Firebirds song yep. from and, the and, and the David Lee Roth song was not. On 1984, I would say it would be "Dance the Night Away." Oh, huh. that's a that's a curveball right there. 
Yeah, I think that was his 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 best song. So Dance the Night Away will go with Right Now and then Without You. Okay. So, and what were yours? Okay. So the David Lee Roth era, there were a lot of good songs from David Lee Roth era. And it, for me, there's a coin toss between Drop Dead Legs and Panama. So I went with Pam- Panama because yeah. you're in your car. It's the highways. You're you're driving. You need something to pick you up on a road trip. You pop that song on. You play it as loud as you can and drive as fast as you can when you when you play Panama. That's that's one of my favorite songs for road trips. Is Panama by uh, what from the David Lee Roth era? Um, Sammy Hagar. I'm gonna surprise you with this one. Uh, Humans being. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. And, and I, I, don't, I don't think that was on an album. That was on the Twister soundtrack. That wasn't the Twister soundtrack. I actually got asked that question. So without Googling it, what movie was, was Human Beings from? It was from, it was from Twister. I remember it because I remember the video. Yep. Yep. And from Great the Gary song. Sh- Great song. Awesome song. Awesome song. And from the Gary Sharona era, I put I used fi- I, I thought Fire in the Hole was, was was the best song from that era. I think that was on the Lethal Weapon 4 sound or Lethal, Lethal Weapon 4 soundtrack, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but that's but the riff at the beginning. Kind of get, kind of gets you, uh, gets, gets me fired up a little bit. In the hole. <laughs> whoa, 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 hey, we, we don't have it. We don't have an ASCAP, ASCAP license, so we can't go too far. Uh, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I haven't listened. I'm gonna have to listen to that CD. And I haven't listened to that in a while. I'm looking at the album cover. It was a cannon going into the big fat guy's stomach. So <laughs> that fat guy was me, by the way. I just want to give you a heads up on that. <laughs> was that after you watched the Jets on Thursday night? Or <laughs> um, that was uh, that was rough. Let's take it in 1996 after the one in 16 uh, co-tight season. So oh, okay, the co-tight. Yeah, so. yeah, but you could probably go back and re- we could probably go back and reenact that. Cannon shot after Thursday night's game. All right, so I think we've got, we've got about fifty minutes. We're going to end the show here. Uh, thank you for listening. If you've gotten this far of our nonsense, <laughs> uh, social media. We're on on Twitter at NoCredsReq, and we're also on Facebook now. Uh, look for us at Belly Up Belly Up Sports NCR. That's our Facebook. Uh, that's our Facebook page. You can go there. Check for show updates for sneak previews of. This show, you can go on any podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. You can go ahead and rate, subscribe, share. Uh, we would appreciate the rating because it helps us with uh, getting a footprint in the podcast world. Belly Up, is, Belly Up Sports is growing in the podcast network, so plenty of podcasts to uh, to check out there. And one shout out, uh, one podcast shout out I want to give to you is the Bat Flip. Uh, they uh, they go over every baseball. They've been going over the baseball playoffs pretty 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 smoothly. Uh, I enjoyed I, I enjoyed an episode last night uh, as I was uh, getting getting ready for bed. Uh, very entertaining stuff and very very deep discussion too about uh, the, the pretty good discussion about the Braves, including our uh, our hometown guy uh, Ian Anderson pitcher who's uh, who pitched a pretty solid game last week uh, against the Reds. Before we t- sign off, Corey, you have anything else to add? No, no. Just going to go uh, hopefully not do any more math or uh, science homework. Hopefully it's all done. So, <laughs> All right. Well, enjoy that. And I'm going to sign off. So thanks, everyone, for listening to No Credentials Required. Until next time, we'll, we'll see you in the media booth.
intro and outro music is On the Verge by Joseph McDade. Check out his music and support him on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Joseph McDade. Thank you for listening to No Credentials Required, powered by Belly Up Sports and a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. For more articles and podcasts, visit bellyupsports.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 